Um, anybody have a question you want to ask this morning? Anybody have a question? No questions this morning? Just getting right back into it? Okay. Well, so what we've been doing, um, we've been kind of going through um, the, the different laws that we find in Scripture, um, the law of God, the law of Moses, um, and we saw that whenever, t- whenever the word law is used, we have to find out what is, the, what is it referring to. Is it referring to the law of God? Is it referring to the law of Moses? What is, the, what is it referring to? And so we've been kind of going through there, but looking at how even... Um, before God gave the law of Moses on Mount Sinai, that there was the law of God that was given previous to that, right? And we went through and we looked back through the book of Genesis, basically starting from creation uh, all the way forward, uh, or Adam and Eve all the way forward, and saw that God's law has always been given, right? Um, And you can basically look at all of those, uh, what we would say the Ten Commandments, um, and we see all of them even before God gives them to Israel on Mount Sinai. Uh, of course, when God does give the law on Mount Sinai to Moses, there are three parts of the law that God gives. Can anybody tell me what those three parts were? What are the three parts of the law that God gives to Moses on Mount Sinai? They're civil, right? Ceremonial, Ceremonial and the religious laws, and then... The moral laws, what we would say would be like the, the Ten Commandments and things like that, right? Um, and so, but we know that the Ten Commandments, uh, these were laws that were in effect even before God gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai, okay? And we went through and we looked at, we looked at all of those, but now, uh, last week, we came to Galatians, um, Galatians chapter 6, right? So now we're jumping from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6, and in verse number 2, where Paul says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, right? And so he talks about the law of Christ here, okay? And we kind of looked a little bit about this um, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, when Jesus is approached and he's asked the question, what is the greatest commandment, right? Of all the 600 and some commandments that were given to Israel, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds by saying, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, right? This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then what does Jesus say? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, Right? Um, and so um, when we come to the New Testament, of course, we find Jesus saying, look, there's, there's mainly two commandments. And even if you go back and you look at the, uh, the Ten Commandments, they're, break, they're broken down into two sections. They have the ones dealing with God and our relationship with God, which is the first four, right? Uh, we're not to have any other gods before him. We're not to bow down, worship any other gods, make any other graven images. Um, we are to, um, what's the third? My mind just went blank. What's the third commandment? Yeah, thank you. We're not to take the name of the Lord uh, our God in vain. We're supposed to uh, honor the Sabbath day, right? Those are the first four that deal with God's or man's relationship with God. And then five through ten deal with man's relationship with each other, okay? 
And that's, again, Jesus reemphasizes this back in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew chapter 22, Mark chapter 12, Luke chapter 10, Jesus talks about on these two commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and then love your neighbor as yourself, okay? So he says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, okay? So all those things can be found in there. Um, and, of course, we understand, um, you know, back in Romans chapter 2, it talks about how... Um, that uh, the law is written in our hearts. God has written the law of God in our hearts, okay? But can we find, can we find the commandments, these, what we would say, the moral laws that God has given from the beginning of time, right, with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and going on through, can we find those in the New Testament as well, right? Again, not just in the... We think the Ten Commandments, okay, God gave the Ten Commandments to Israel, uh, so that's when they began. Well, we found that they began long before that. Um, But even though Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law, and Jesus kept the law perfectly, right? And now we understand we are not under the law, we're under grace, okay? But does that mean that the law is now just done away, that we don't have to keep the law anymore, now that we're under grace, we're not under what we would say in the Old Testament under the law, we're under grace, does that mean then that we don't have to keep the law? Right? We don't have to keep the ceremonial laws, right? We don't have to offer sacrifices and turtle doves and all that kind of stuff. Praise the Lord for that, right? <laughs> okay? Right? What else? Are there, any, are there any other laws that we have to follow? Or that we don't have to follow? Yeah, there are going to be some different civil laws, right? Um, how many are glad that, they, um, that we don't take uh, rebellious children out and stone them to death today? You glad about that? Because I wouldn't be here, okay? I'm just telling you. I probably wouldn't be here today if we did that, okay? Um, you know, um, so I'm glad that we don't, you know, stone, you know, rebellious children and things like that. Now, I think there needs to be a little bit more correction involved, but uh, that's a different topic for not this morning, okay? Um, anyway, uh, so there are some laws, right? How many of you, um, how many of you sometime this week, uh, maybe you had uh, barbecue or ribs or, you know, Pot roast. Anybody have some of that? Uh, aren't you glad that we're we're not under that law either, right? Now, again, there are some that say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat pork," uh, and that's fine. But we're not. Un- that's not a law that we're under anymore, right? Um, and uh, you know, uh, even like some seafood and stuff. How many of you like shrimp? You like shrimp? Man, aren't you glad we're not under the law? The law we can actually eat shrimp, right? Um, and so there, there, there are some laws that God gave to Israel that we are no longer under, right? Again, we are not. Uh, We are not Jews. We are not Israel. So those laws were never for us. But there were laws that were before Israel, and there are laws that are even after Israel, okay? Uh, Even though we know Israel is still there. So if we're thinking about these moral laws, the Ten Commandments, um, would we be able to find them now in the New Testament, right? Just like we did before God gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai, we found them. Do we find them, again, being, we, maybe we could say, emphasized or uh, encouraged to follow 
after Jesus Christ um, has uh, d- died, been buried, and resurrected, do we find the teaching that we are still supposed to follow those laws even now? Right, Rob? Okay, adultery. Okay, um, right? So let's see, what, what, what is that? Let's... Um, the seventh commandment, right? Um, so obviously, we know that Jesus taught uh, that we're not to commit adultery. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter nineteen, Jesus speaks about adultery. Um, but what about again? And and I believe if you if you take the time, I believe you can find that Jesus speaks about all ten of the commandments himself. Right? Jesus speaks about all ten of them. Okay. Um. But we, one thing we have to remember, right, is even though Jesus speaks of all ten, okay, what is the one thing that we have to remember about Jesus? I, I, I know that he's God, but there's something else that we have to remember about that. What is it that we have to remember about Jesus and during that time period? Jeff? He was still living in the Old Testament world. Jesus is still considered Old Testament, right? We have to remember... The New Testament doesn't begin until when? The crucifixion. A lot of times we think New Testament begins at the birth of Jesus Christ because that's where the New Testament books begin, right? They begin with the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? But Jesus is still in the Old Testament. He's considered Old Testament, right, um, until his death, burial, and resurrection. That's when the New Testament begins, okay? So we have to understand that even though Jesus Yes, he does speak about all ten, right? And we can go through those, and we can look at how Jesus speaks of all ten. Jesus is still under the Old Testament law, right? He's still fulfilling the Old Testament law. He's keeping it perfect, right? Okay, He's doing all of that. So even though, yes, and I, and I believe that we could say as Jesus speaks of them, he is, he is still showing that these are in effect, these are still laws, that even though he is considered Old Testament, I think Jesus is teaching us and showing us that these are eternal laws, right? These are not just laws for one group of people, the Jews, but these are laws that are for everyone, right? Whether that's, that's adultery, right? Uh, whether that's, that's stealing, theft. Um, you think about the first commandment. Um, you know, Jesus affirms that we are to worship only God, right? We're not to worship any other gods, uh, uh, we saw that um, when Jesus says we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. Um, even in Matthew chapter 4, when Satan comes to tempt Jesus, um, what does Jesus say to Satan? As it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Right. So even Jesus is speaking about this, this eternal law, that there is only one God that we are to serve. We're not to worship other gods. We're not to make graven images and things like this. Okay? Um, so Jesus emphasizes these commandments uh, throughout the New Testament. Um, uh, he repeats uh, in Matthew chapter 5 about not using God's name in, in vain. Um, in uh, throughout the New Testament, Jesus sets the example for keeping the Sabbath, which is the seventh day. Again, don't don't ever confuse the Sabbath with Sunday. Okay, um, the Sabbath is not Sunday, right? The Sabbath is always what day of the week? It's Saturday. But what what does Scripture say? The Sabbath is always what day of the week? 
the last day of the week, right? The seventh day, right? Sunday has never and will never be the seventh day of the week, right? It can't be because it's the first day of the week. (laughs) I know this is really deep theology here, right? (laughs) The Sabbath, the seventh day can never be the first day, all right? Um, And so we know that the Sabbath, which is Saturday, is not Sunday, okay? And so even Jesus himself observes the Sabbath, okay? Jesus follows the Sabbath. Um, He sets the example of keeping the Sabbath holy, um, and and through that, um, and of course then, obviously, we say, well, why do we worship on Sunday? Well, because we know that it was on the first day of the week that what happened? A very special event happened. What was it? The resurrection, right? The resurrection happened on the first day of the week, um, and that kind of set the pattern for the New Testament believers to worship on Sunday, right? And that's why even throughout the New Testament, we see the believers meeting on the first day of the week, right? Again, it didn't change. We didn't move the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. No, the Sabbath is still the Sabbath. The Sabbath is still Saturday, okay? Um, Sunday, though, is what the day that we would say is the day of worship, uh, why we worship because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just once a year on Easter, uh, but weekly, uh, the first day of the week. Okay, um, and then of course Jesus teaches the commandments of honoring our father and mother. Um, he teaches the commandments not to murder, um, not to commit adultery, not to steal, um, you know, not lying um, against one another. Um, you know, not coveting. So Jesus speaks of all of these commandments as well, right? Um, And of course, one of the the things that the Pharisees and the scribes always tried to, um, you know, always tried to accuse Jesus of was what? Breaking the law, right? They always tried to accuse him. He broke the law. He broke the law. And specifically, most of the time, it was always about the Sabbath day, right? Because what did he do many times on the Sabbath day? He healed people, right? Uh, again, Sabbath day, that's where many people, they would come to the synagogues. Um, and that's where they would be on the, on the Sabbath day. And so, of course, that's where Jesus is going to be. And that's where people that were sick were as well, that had maybe the palsy or were blind or something or lame or maimed. And so Jesus would heal them. And, of course, then they would accuse Jesus of breaking the law on the Sabbath day. But Jesus didn't do any work right? There was no work being done. He just spoke the words, right? Um, and so they accused him of breaking the law, right? Um, and there are some Christians that believe the Ten Commandments are not for believers today, right? Uh, there are some Christians that just say the Ten Commandments, you know, we're under grace now, um, and so therefore the Ten Commandments are not for believers today, right? Let me give you an example. This is probably, this is a well-known man, I would say in, in, in America, uh, in fact, his father was probably even more well-known. Uh, his father just died uh, recently. Charles Stanley just died recently. Uh, but his son, Andy Stanley, have you ever heard of Andy Stanley? Right down in Atlanta, right? Um, this is what Andy Stanley said in his book, um, Irresistible, and the title is Reclaiming the New That Jesus Unleashed for the World, right? Um, and this is what he says. Uh, the Ten Commandments have no authority over you, none. To be clear, and this is what he says, thou shalt not obey the Ten Commandments. What? 
says, the Ten Commandments have no authority over you. This is a quote, right? None. To be clear, thou shalt not obey the Ten Commandments. Well, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that, right? Because one, the Ten Commandments were not just given for a specific period of time. The Ten Commandments were given for all time. These, these are eternal commands, okay? Uh, are we under some of like what Brother Jeff was talking about? Are we under the, um, the ceremonial laws and some of the, um, you know, the, the civil laws and things like that that Israel was under? No, we're not under those. But again, the Ten Commandments, and this is why this is important to understand that the Ten Commandments did not begin on Mount Sinai. Now, if the Ten Commandments began on Mount Sinai to Israel, then yes, I would agree with him that we are not under the Ten Commandments now. Okay? But they didn't. They did not begin on Mount Sinai, right? And this is why we've taken so much time to go through and look and make sure and say, hey, what does the Bible say? Okay? The Bible tells us even before God gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai to Israel, they were clearly seen thousands of years before they were ever given to Moses. Okay? So that means they were not just given for a specific group of people like Israel, nor were they given just for a specific period of time. Okay? Like, again, some of these laws. Look, the sacrificial laws were only given for a specific period of time. They, the sacrificial laws were not laws that God gave that were supposed to be for eternity. Do you know Why? Because Jesus Christ was going to come and be the sacrifice, right? So once Jesus Christ is the sacrifice, why do you need to continue sacrificing, right? See, there's, there's no need for that, right? So there were some laws that were given for a specific period of time, and then they would end, okay, for, to a specific group of people, okay? But these laws that we're talking about, the Ten Commandments, these, the laws of God, were given long before, they were ever given to Moses on Mount Sinai, right? And that's why we've taken the time, again, to go through them and see. Because if they were just given to Moses on Mount Sinai, then yes, we could say, well, hey, they must have ended with all these other laws as well. But they were given before that, which means not only once the sacrifice is done, right, with the sacrificial laws and things, uh, once it is not talking about Israel, uh, that means that there are laws that are still continuing today. Right? Again, yes, we are not Israel. Right? We're not, we're not Jews. We're not Israel. We're, we're Gentiles. We're part of the church. Okay? And so there are laws that were given for all men for all time. And those are these laws that we're seeing. Jesus is re-emphasizing. Again, he re-emphasizes all ten of the Ten Commandments. Okay? And then... Again, if, we, if we're going to say, okay, hey, these are things that we are to be doing today, these are eternal laws, okay, then we should be able to see them even in Scripture after Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, right? Not just Jesus teaching them, but we should be able to see them in the New Testament as well as, because again, the New Testament is given to the church, okay, not to Israel, not to the Jews, but to the church made up of Jew, Gentile, men, women, everybody, right? Educated, uneducated, right? It's made up of everyone here. So these laws 
have to continue. Again, we're talking about laws for all people for all time. Okay? So then, can we find these laws in the New Testament after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Now, again, I believe very clearly that when Jesus, again, is emphasizing them, he is emphasizing them for the New Testament period. Okay? Although he is still considered Old Testament. Okay? But he's emphasizing them because of, look, what's, what's getting ready to happen? The church is about to start, and we have to understand that these things are still in effect. Okay? But can we find them in the New Testament as well? Not just in you know, Jesus' teachings, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? but can we find them after his death, burial, and resurrection? Okay? So that's what we're going for here. Everybody understand what we're trying to do? Right? Um, because, again, there, there are people that will tell you today, we are not under, you know, we're not under any laws. You don't have to obey the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, Sunday nights, we've been going through about uh, developing biblical standards, okay? Um, and how there's, there's this spectrum, right? You have legalism over here. You have license over here, right? Legalism is you have to follow all these rules. You have to do all these things, A, B, C, D. And, and this is how you please God by following all these rules, License says, hey, uh, no, we're not under the law. We're, we're just free to live and do however we want, right? Because we're not under the law. We're not under legalism. So now there's license just any way you want to live, however you want to live. That's over on this side. And we understand that both of those are wrong, right? Legalism is wrong. License is wrong. And that's why the Bible speaks about, in the New Testament, he speaks about this liberty we have in Christ, Okay. There's liberty here. We're not under legalism. We're not under license. Okay. Um, and so we're gonna we'll continue even tonight uh, our series our study on uh, developing biblical standards and and how to go about that, which is I think is really really important for uh, for Christians. In fact, I had I had someone come up to me uh, a couple weeks ago after we started this, and he says, and this is what he said. He said, "I have never been taught," and this guy's been in church in church for many many years. Um, back to this kind of a leader in a church. He said, I've never heard, I've never ever been taught that Christians ought to have personal standards. He said, I, I know, church, you know the church should have standards, but he said, I've never heard, I've never been taught that Christians ought to have personal standards. So how are we living then? If, if we don't have personal standards, how, how are we living? Are we living under legalism by everybody else's standards? Are we living without anything at all, under license, just whatever we want to do goes? How are we living as Christians, right? That's why it is important that we develop personal standards, biblical standards, okay? Um, and uh, so that's just a plug for, for you to come back tonight, right? Come back tonight, 6 o'clock, okay? <laughs> all right. But can we find... Can we find these laws? The, the, again, I, I'm, I'm calling it, and some, some people might call it different things. I'm calling it God's law, okay? Uh, because God's law is eternal. Um, the law of Moses, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help us distinguish them. Obviously, they were all given by God. We understand that, okay? Um, but to help kind of distinguish them, uh, the ones that that God has given that are eternal, that I believe are for all mankind, for all ages. I'm calling that God's law. The law of Moses, I'm using that to refer to the laws that were given to Israel. Okay, um, And then, of course, you have the law of Christ, 
which the law of Christ is basically on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets, which again, I believe if you look, the law of Christ and the law of God, right? They kind of, they're kind of hand in hand right there because on these two commandments, what two? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, which is the first four of the Ten Commandments, and love your neighbor as yourself, which is the last six of the Ten Commandments, right? But he says on these two hang all the law and the prophets, right? So you have God's law at the beginning, then you have the law of Moses that God interjects for Israel, and then now you have the law of Christ, which I believe is very similar of the same thing, only just narrowed down to two of the law of God. So can we find these? Can we find the law of God, referring to the Ten Commandments, can we find them in the New Testament? Okay, can we find them in the New Testament, right? So we were looking to see if we could find them in the Old Testament before the law of Moses, okay, before God gave it on Mount Sinai, but can we find it now after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Okay, so... Here we go. Anybody want to give me one? Anybody, anybody think of one that we can find in the New Testament uh, dealing with the Ten Commandments, the law of God, or what we refer to as uh, the law of Christ? Yes, Miss Christie. Ephesians 4.25. Ah, very good. Ephesians 4.25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. I'd say that's pretty clear, don't you think? <laughs> right? Right? And again, that would be, what is that, the, uh, uh, the, the ninth commandment, right? The ninth commandment, we're not supposed to bear false witness, we're not supposed to lie, right? He says, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. And again, isn't that interesting how, he's, how he phrases that, right? Speak every man truth with his neighbor neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Hey, don't we, do we like it when people lie to us? Of course we don't, right? We don't like it when people lie to us, right? Um, now, <laughs> I will say, I'm not really sure how, how this works. Um, and guys, I think you all understand where I'm going with this here, but is there sometimes when we are supposed to lie, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah, your wife comes in. How do I look in this? Great! You look awesome, babe! You know, and you're like, well, you know, I really better not say anything because if I do, I am going to be in the dog house, right? <laughs> um, is, that, is, that, is that considered lying or is that just, um, uh, is that just surviving? Are you sure? It's, I think it's surviving, right? That's survival mode right there. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm glad my wife's not in here right now. That's good. Don't tell her any about this, okay? <laughs> All right, so there, there we go. We see one of the commandments, right? Uh, putting away lying, speak every man truth of his neighbor, okay? Um, so I would say that's, that's a good one, right? So we see that is, again, in the New Testament, that is, hey, that's one of the Ten Commandments, right? So how could we say then, right, I don't, again, I don't know how Andy Stanley or some of these other people get, get around this. Don't lie. That's, that's a command of God. That's God's law from the very beginning, okay? 
That's not just something that was given to Israel. That's from the very beginning, and that is eternal. We are not to lie. Okay? Um, now, let, let me just stop, step back a second and say, why do you think God tells us not to lie? Why does God tell us not to lie? I stumped you? Why does God tell us not to lie? Okay. He knows that it will cause more harm, you know. Um, could be to other people, to yourself, right? You know. How many of you ever told your kids, you're just digging the hole deeper, you know, you just keep lying, digging the hole deeper, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Why, why, why do you think God says not to lie? Ms. Donna? Hurt your testimony? Yeah. Hurt your testimony as a Christian, right? Yeah. Ah. When has God ever lied? Never. God has never lied. In fact, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, right? God has never lied. And what's interesting, when you look at these things, you'll find that these lying, not, not lying, not committing murder, not doing these things, these are all things that we find even in God himself, right? Um, God's not going to bear false witness against someone. He's not going to lie about someone. In fact, wouldn't we want God to tell us the truth? Aren't you glad God tells us the truth? Aren't you glad that God says, hey, you are a sinner because you have broken the law and you're on your way to hell. But I have sent my son, Jesus Christ, and if you'll accept his gift of salvation, you can be saved. Aren't you glad he tells us the truth? Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, well, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, I might hurt your feelings, and so... uh, I'm just going to lie to you and say you're really good, but yet he knows we're all going to go to hell. That wouldn't be very great, would it? Right? No, God, he speaks the truth, right? Don't, don't we say we have the truth of the word of God in this book? We can find truth. Why? Because we, go, we know God will never lie to us, right? And God says the same thing. Now, especially as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, what does he say? Put away lying right? Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Why? Not just because, and, and yes, those, those reasons are true of our testimony, and it does hurt and things like that, but we're followers of Christ. We're to be exemplifying Christ. Jesus Christ never told a lie. Again, we, he's God, never told a lie. So as a Christian, if we're following Christ, shouldn't that be our desire as well? Don't lie. Don't bear false witness, all right? Uh, very good. That's great. That's, that's one there. Um, anybody have another one we can find real quick? What's that? Ezekiel 46.1. What's Ezekiel 46.1? Let me see here. Oh, the Sabbath day. What about in the New Testament, though? Hebrews what? Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. 4.1. Okay, uh, Hebrews 4, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, uh, not being mixed with faith, and them that heard it 
for which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Um, again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, and David, today, after so long a time, as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Okay? So he speaks of the, the Sabbath day here a little bit in Hebrews. Okay? Um, anybody else have a, 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 one, a verse on the Sabbath that we could look to in, um, in the New Testament? Because there's something really interesting about this one. Anybody know of another verse about the Sabbath in the New Testament? How about Colossians? Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 16. Right? He says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Sabbath days? Why wouldn't he just say the Sabbath day? Why would he say the Sabbath days? Plural. No. Mm-mm. What's that? Well, then that would just be referred to as the Sabbath day, wouldn't it? The Sabbath day, we know that's going to always be the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath day. Right? But he says the Sabbath days. Jeff? There is more than one Sabbath. Right? There's more than one Sabbath day. A lot of times we just think of the Sabbath day, again, as the seventh day of the week. And most times when it's referred to as the Sabbath day, that is the seventh day of the week. Okay? But there were more than one Sabbath. Okay? There were different Sabbath days. Okay? Um, and again, in the New Testament, many references to the Sabbath day, um, kind of including the assumption that the Jews under the law in the time of Christ, would be observing the Sabbath, okay? Um, but again, there are different Sabbath days because um, there was to be, um, there was a yearly Sabbath, right? Uh, what they would refer to as the high Sabbath. Um, there were different, even the, there was a Sabbath year as well, right? For the land to rest, um, the seventh year, you had the year of Jubilee, um, there were there were different Sabbaths that were taken place, um, and that again the same basically the same rules applied. Um, I'm trying to think like the um, many of the feasts they were not allowed. The feasts would last for like a week long, seven eight days, and in that seven eight days they weren't allowed to do work certain days during that. Okay, they were considered Sabbath days. Okay, um, and so he speaks of the Sabbath days here. Right, um, and again, he kind of gives this idea of it in respect of an holy day, which would have been a Sabbath, the new moon that was a monthly Sabbath, 
or the Sabbath days. That, so those would be like the weekly Sabbath. So there was, there was different Sabbaths throughout the years, okay? There was more than, than just one Sabbath, okay? Um, but again, in the New Testament, we don't find a um, command for believers to ob- observe the Sabbath as a day of worship, okay? Um, Again, we always find in the New Testament, we find the church meeting on the first day of the week, right? Um, Again, the Sabbath is still there. um, And again, the Bible even tells us that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, okay? Uh, And if you, there where we're reading in Hebrews chapter 4 speaks about that, okay? Um, But, and again, some people say, well, unless you... Um, unless you observe the Sabbath on Saturday, the seventh day of the week, right? If you don't observe the Sabbath on Saturday, so that means nobody should do any work on Saturday, okay? Um, And because, again, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week, okay? But again, notice what he says here. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ, Okay? So he is saying, look, there, it, the Sabbath is important. He's not, he's not denying the Sabbath, okay? But especially as we come into New Testament times and um, understanding that, especially for the Jews, everything was very important as, follow, as far as following the laws strictly, the Sabbath day, no work, all these type of things, okay? Um, but then when you come to the Gentiles, and even like we are Gentiles today, right? Um, they did not have all of those strict rules and laws that like the the Jews had, okay? Um, And so, again, all of the monthly Sabbaths and the yearly Sabbaths and all these things, again, many of that had to do with the feasts. So therefore, as Gentiles, we're not under, we're not observing those feasts, right? We're not doing those things. Um, And even the the weekly Sabbath of of Saturday, right? Um, It's very hard today to find a job where you may not have to work on a Saturday, right? Um, Now, should we still observe a Sabbath day? Yes, I believe if you look at the principle of the Sabbath day, that is a day of rest. God says, look, you work six days, on the seventh day you rest. We need a day of rest. We need a day to recoup, right? Um, You know, working six days, 10, 12 hours a day, that that wears a body out, and you need a day of rest, okay? Um, And so I think people do need a day of rest. And so you'll have some people that uh, maybe their Sabbath would actually be on uh, on a Tuesday, right? Because they work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right? Um, and so I think when you look here um, at what he's saying here, that the, the Sabbath is still there, but we not everybody is going to be able to observe it on that one day like what the Jews did. Again, that was that was very specific. And even like picking up sticks and things like this, God said to the Jews, there's some very strict laws about the Sabbath day. Um, But that was specifically to the Jews. When you go back to what God said to, as far as the Sabbath day to all mankind, we find it being a day of rest, right? Um, And so we do, we do need a day of rest. I think it's important that we all have a day of rest. And God thinks that too, right? And that's that's why he gave that day of rest. Even though God did not need to rest, the Bible says he rested on the seventh day, showing that, hey, that's something that all of us, are, it's, it's important that we do, okay? Um, all right, we're going to have to stop there. Time's gone. Um, 